I never even like thought that like investment money was an option for my business. And ultimately we did not take investor money, but you know, it was just sort of all these little puzzle pieces. Let's figure out if this one fits and how does it fit and do we need to pull it back? What do we, what do we need next? Every time you choose to invest in your business, you give up the opportunity to invest in other initiatives. By choosing one path, you may lose the option to choose other potential paths. There's an opportunity cost to every investment of your time, your money, or your resources. So if your decisions about what investments to pursue or maybe to leave behind are so important, how do you ever decide what to invest in? I'm Susan Bowles, and you're listening to Break the Ceiling, the show where we break down unconventional strategies you can use to save time, boost your profit, and increase your operational capacity. When you're deciding what to invest in, examining the opportunity cost of your potential investments is an important part of the decision-making process. We are constantly trying to decide, if I do this, then what happens? What happens down this path or this one? or even down the path of choosing to do nothing. They all have costs associated with them because each path requires an investment of time, money, or resources. And if we invest those time, money, or resources in a particular initiative, they're not available for other opportunities. We all have a process we go through when we're thinking through new investments in our business. Whether you're conscious of your process or not, it's there. In the last episode, you heard from Michelle Mazur about how she thinks about investments in her business. She has that three to six month minimum commitment. Today, I'm talking to Beryl Young, who's the founder and CEO of Momtography and Teentography. And we are talking about how Beryl decides what to invest in for her business. We'll talk through how she makes the decision to invest or not, and how she looks at the opportunity costs of those investments. Hey, Beryl, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So you have invested a ton in your business over the last few years. Can you tell me a little bit more about some of those um, investments that you decided to take on or considered? Yeah, so um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit just sort of to like to set some context for the why <laughs> we started <laughs> investing um, because you know I uh, kind of became an accidental entrepreneur and business owner um, in the B2C space which I think is sometimes a little bit unique <laughs> uh, scaling up a B2C brand, maybe not. Um, I always feel like it's unique to go down that path. We hang out with a lot of B2B folks. Yeah, well, that's what I, I, I thought on, on this show. I'm like, huh, I, I'm a B2C business owner. Um, and I'm a mom of a preteen daughter. And I started my business when she was really, really young. And I was, uh, my background was in education. So I was a public school teacher for 10 years before kind of breaking from that industry to strike my own path. And so, you know, 
for a very long time, like going into education, going into teaching, that was like safety, right? Like financial safety. I knew I was getting a paycheck at a specific time uh, throughout the year, and I knew that I would have a job. Um, and so I was just super, super excited and scared <laughs> when I quit teaching, but to be able to make the same like revenue and income as an entrepreneur, like that felt really, really good. So I hit that like elusive six figure mark uh, in gross revenue in my business. Um, this is back in 2013, 2014, um, when I quit my teaching job. And so like for a long time, I was sort of investing as I went, like small educational investments that were gonna just help me um, grow being a solopreneur and be able to allow me to continue paying the bills and not have to go back into a classroom. Uh, and then it was around 2015 that I realized I created something that had the potential to scale. <laughs> and I feel like that's where kind of our episode begins with like, okay, this needs to scale, how do I do that? And so I invested in lots of uh, things that I believed I needed to scale the business. So a couple of those, just to like rattle off the list and then we can figure out where, where you want the conversation to go. <laughs> um, but higher investment, higher level coaching, advertising and marketing, mostly in Facebook ads, building a team, and um, those are the three main buckets of where my investing went. Okay, so let's let's go kind of one by one, because I think these are three really common buckets of um, what folks think about when they think about really investing in their business. So when you decided to invest in coaching, how did you, Kind of talk me through the decision-making process you went through when you were deciding to invest in coaching or not. Yeah, um, the coaching investments were actually really, really difficult because I've always believed in coaching. I've done coaching. Coaching is part of uh, our current business. And I had worked with a lot of coaches that were like me. Um, up until the scale point. So it was solopreneurs who were heart-centered, who used a lot of um, more like woo-woo, intuitive wisdom and guidance to help them make decisions in their business. And I realized at that pivotal point when I had to scale, those are not the people that are gonna be able to teach me how to scale. <laughs> um, True <and> statement. <laughs> yes. And or they'll, they'll be able to teach you how to scale how they scaled. Correct. And, and only I, that way. Correct. And so I started to look for uh, businesses that were out there that were doing something in alignment with how I kind of visioned scaling, which brings me back to kind of that B2B, B2C <laughs> that we were talking about or that I mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, because it's really hard to find B2C companies that are doing coaching and support. Um, but I found a couple of B2B models 
that I was like, oh yeah, they're very community minded. They have a skill set or they're teaching a skill set that I feel like is missing um, from my business right now. Um, at the time, I had really built a lot of my business working with um, mom bloggers and doing some partnerships. I would provide them with guest blog content and I was able to build my email list very quickly that way. This was in the like golden days before Facebook advertising. <laughs> um, and you know, 2014, 2015, a lot of that stopped working. A lot of the mom bloggers were going into their own um, product or service-based businesses and I wasn't ready to make investments in Facebook advertising. And so uh, I knew I needed to find new and different ways to really learn about my audience, figure out where to find um, new people to join me. So you know, a lot of the coaching investments involved around, like, revolved around who can teach me how to bring new people <laughs> into my business and who has a model that kind of emulates or mimics what I may want to do in my niche, in my space. And how did you kind of, when, when you were evaluating, you know, coaching and that as a potential investment, um, a potential way that you are gonna use money, hopefully to move your business forward, what, why coaching? Like, why was that the thing that it was worth spending your money on like what was the what was the key piece there that you were like oh yep this is something i should spend money on it's an interesting question um i think you know as a solopreneur i saw coaching work um i do tend to have like mindset pitfalls confidence pitfalls and i like to have a coach that can kind of keep me even keeled or when it feels like the world is crumbling <laughs> on any particular day <laughs> someone's there to go nope dust yourself off it's okay it's just a bad day <laughs> keep going um but i actually think you know being in education for so long i was that kid that loved school i love learning new things so i was like oh what else can i learn <laughs> um so filling that like education bucket and keeping uh, a pulse on what's going on in the online education industry uh has always been kind of important to me as well so i don't know if okay. that answers the question yeah yeah. Let's shift to talking about advertising. So one of the investments that you made was in advertising and you mentioned specifically Facebook ads. Talk to me a little bit about how you decided that that was, that was a thing that you should spend money on that was worth it to test out. How did you decide that was the direction to go? Yeah, um, I think I knew that I was ready to dip my toe into paid um, marketing or advertising, that I kind of run my course of time <laughs> as far as mm. continuing to like write and write and write for other publications, and that wasn't working anymore. Um, I mean, really, for a long while, Facebook was king, right, for the online advertising aspect. and space and also my client is 
a mom primarily <laughs> and mm -hmm. moms were on Facebook. So that was sort of a no brainer as far as, all right, I'm going to put my pool of money in here. Um, but I also did it in the beginning, very small budget, just sort of dip my toe in. I really wanted to learn Facebook ads and Facebook marketing myself. Um, I, I've done it. I started by learning myself, and then I realized I didn't need to be spending my time <laughs> in the back end of <laughs> Facebook advertising because it just it takes a lot to like sit there and analyze and look at everything, and you know you need to be in there every day, um, figuring all that out. But then I tried to hire a Facebook consultant, and it totally missed the mark. And that investment, I was like, mm, I, I don't know. I, I like took a hit <laughs> from that investment, both financially and emotionally, like mindset, mentally as well. Um, so I feel like it, Facebook advertising has been this roller coaster, and it there was not an immediate return on the investment either. I feel like there's a lot mm. of um, coaches, consultants. Like the goal is to really hit your target client and get them at least in my space to purchase something small, make a small little bite-sized investment. And that wasn't happening right away for us. It really wasn't until a year, even two years, now that we've kind of been in the Facebook marketing space for a couple of years, that I started to see, oh, this person told me they saw me on Facebook and bought a class, a course, a program a year and a half later. Um, so mm. our audience is definitely a slower burn <laughs> audience. Um, so yeah, I knew that we needed the advertising, um, and I knew our clients were there. And when you invested in a consultant, um, and it didn't really pay off for you, why do you think that was? Was it not the right person? They didn't understand your business. They just yeah. Now we worked with what they did. <laughs> yeah. No. Now we've worked with multiple. Um, Facebook ad consultants. So I feel like I have a broader like perspective. At the time, I was like, I don't know. Because the person that we hired was also a mom. She knew our audience. She had you know, been part of some of our programs. I think that specific consultant, it was nothing about the consultant itself. Um, I think the broader theme of this episode is there were structural foundational issues in our business. <laughs> Mm. And so we had the Facebook ads running, but uh, I don't believe we were taking them on a clear enough path or a journey to pull them into something that was like what they actually needed or hit it hit on the right pain point at the time. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, and that's, you know, that is all, also often the case. Sometimes we decide to invest in things that maybe we're not. Uh, ready for the payoff quite yet you know that's not the thing that we're the timing has to be there as well totally um okay so you mentioned a third thing uh building out your team and hiring so talk to me a little bit about what your what your team looked like when you decided to say okay the thing that i need to do is to invest in a team like it's time now for a team and then talk to me a little bit about you know the evolution of what that team looked like then and now yeah um so tara mcmullen's been on your podcast right mm, yep 
Yeah. So <laughs> she was the first one that basically told me, you need <laughs> to hire you need someone. People. Like you need yes. some people. <laughs> you need some people. Um, I thought she had been a past guest on your yeah, podcast. Yeah, I think she's um, the episode after you too. Okay. She, she's coming back. She was my first guest, actually. Awesome. She told me back in 2015, you need to stop just doing you <laughs> and you need to hire. And that was uh, like the exact advice I needed then. And I hired, like the timing was perfect. I hired a coaching client of mine who was kind of cycling out of, I thought I wanted to have a business, but I don't think I do. I actually want to work for someone else. And so I was able to basically go to her and say, well, you worked under me. I trust you. Come work for me. (laughs) Um, And so she's grown within the business from um, like five hours a week of just offering feedback and support to our photography students to now being um, 80 hours a month, so 20 hours a week, doing... Um, community directorship. So now she is planning out programming. She's doing our editorial calendar. She's supporting um, our students and clients. And it's been really, really amazing to watch her grow. And I lucked out in that, you know, when I hired her, I just hired her because the timing was right and I trusted her. But she also had skill sets that I needed (laughs) on Mm -hmm. my team. I am a visionary, like true visionary, creative. I have zero execution skills. <laughs> um, literally, my strengths finder says I have zero execution skills. Um, so, and she does. So it's been fun to have her grow. The other team members, we've had team members come and go. We've had some um, VA team members that are box checkers who schedule our content out. Um, now we have a team of five, five ish. (laughs) One's more like an intern. Um, but the other team member that we've kind of had fill a role is just a strategist. It talked about some of those structural problems in the business. It was because, I mean, my strength is in curriculum development and programming. So I had just created program after program after program after program and didn't have a really good um, vehicle and structure around the business to make all of that programming work and make it simple. That makes sense. Yeah. Is it worth it? Every small business owner wants to know that the money they spend on their businesses is worth it, that their investments produce results and help them grow. But if you don't know your business finances in and out, it's hard to know whether those expenses and investments are really worth it. Plenty of business owners, even the successful ones, feel like they're shooting in the dark when it comes to how they spend, save, and invest their money. Like you, they wonder if the ads they're buying, the software they're investing in, or the people they're paying are really paying off. And that's stressful. Feeling unsure about how you're spending or investing your money might be common, but it sure isn't fun. I want something different for you. I want you to feel confident that every decision you make is guided by your financial intel. I want you to be able to decide what actions to take to grow your business from a place of confidence and purpose, not panic. 
so that you can feel masterful at managing your money instead of inept or just plain scared. I want you to know exactly what's working so you can go all in and make your money make more money. This is what I do for business owners when I step in as their chief financial officer on demand. I help them parse the numbers, look for opportunities, and invest where it counts. We get clear on where they're getting in their own way and where the math just doesn't add up. And now I wanna teach you to do the same for your own business, because trust me, you can. Join me for Think Like a CFO. It's a four month accelerator, online workshop, and small group coaching program where I'll work alongside you so you can start thinking like a CFO and know that every penny you spend on your business is worth it. You'll dig into your relationship to money, put your financial data at your fingertips, and build systems of cash flow, taxes, and budgeting. I'll help you integrate your financial knowledge into your operational systems and technology so that your whole business works better. And by the end, you'll feel wildly capable with your money. Think Like a CFO is starting soon. So go to scalespark.co slash CFO to get all the information and sign up. I can't wait to work with you. So every time that we decide to invest in something, we're also deciding not to invest in literally every other option that's out there. Um, and you made some specific investments in specific areas, but how did you kind of take into consideration or weigh that opportunity costs of all of those other choices that you could be making, but maybe you don't have the resources to invest in both of those things. So how did you kind of weigh, you know, Facebook ads versus something else or coaching versus anything else you could be doing with that money? How did you kind of make that weigh those balances? Um, this is a great question. And I think the first thing that comes to mind is like, as we decided to invest more, I, you, you could say I didn't do it in a very smart way. I guess I didn't do it in a very like risk averse way. <laughs> so like one of the big questions I asked myself in the beginning, it was, do you trust yourself to go all in and to invest more than maybe the business is ready for <laughs> mm -hmm. that opportunity cost? And I think part of those investments, it was assessing my, um, my capacity for risk because I did take a lot of risk in the business. Um, and so, you know, it was, what am I doing to my family if we take this risk? <laughs> um, what will be the outcome of the business if this pays off? But I also, you know, I tended to make bigger, higher ticket investments one at a time. <laughs> Mm -hmm. it, yeah, we didn't go all in on all of them. Um, and I started with, you know, I think I basically did those investments in the order that we just talked about them. So I started with the coaching and consulting to some degree uh, because I knew that just my base level of like business education and what a scaled company looked like was lacking. So I found the coaching opportunities that I felt like would 
fill in those gaps and fill in those holes. But what I discovered <laughs> as I was going through, you know, that was the one big investment. Okay, I'm going to invest in this coach. And just like every other coach, it's going to have an immediate payoff. Well, no, it didn't because it, <laughs> yeah, it made me realize, oh, the foundation is broken. <laughs> what do we do to lay a different foundation? Um, and, you know, there kind of was this like sinking pit in your stomach type feeling because I felt like, well, I already made the big coaching investment. It's not paying off. Well, then I started to ask myself, why? And um, that's when I started to kind of invest in the advertising. Well, you're not going to bring new leads in or new people. Like, would you rather spend money or take time <laughs> doing these things? And I felt very time poor at, at, mm -hmm. at that moment. So I was like, well, no, what you were doing isn't working. Let's go this way instead. Uh, so I started doing that, which actually started to build my pipeline again fast, but things still weren't selling fast. I felt like I was kind of constantly on the hamster wheel of launching. Um, with the niche that we serve, it was lower ticket offers that weren't giving an immediate payout. Um, and so that's when I kind of started looking for the uh, people that I could find to round out my team because I knew then that me and my one community director also didn't have the strategic skill set to help bring everything together that we had worked on for nine years. So for you, it was really kind of an evolution. Your investments were driven by a previous investment and the understanding from that first investment was that you still had work to do basically. And so the first investment led to the second investment, which led to the third investment. Is that? Yeah, kind totally. Of and, you know, there was even a time like a year ago, a year, yeah, about a year ago, I like left, uh, not the business, but, um, coaching wise, I left the online entrepreneurial coaching space and did a very um, like traditional accelerator program for business mm. startups, um, which was a, comparatively speaking, a very small investment. <laughs> uh, but like I kind of laid it all out on the table. I saw kind of the business as I started investing as a puzzle. Okay, this puzzle piece fit in here but now there's still pieces missing over here. How am I filling in these puzzle pieces? And we laid it all out on the table. It was, a, it was an accelerator for creative business owners specifically. And um, we had the opportunity to like pitch and rework our business model and search for potential investors. And I never even like thought that like investment money was an option for my business. And ultimately we did not take investor money but you know it was just sort of all these little puzzle pieces let's figure out if this one fits and how does it fit and do we need to pull it back what do we what do we need next um to make this business that you know i still truly believe is designed to scale work <laughs> mm -hmm. and where am i the bottleneck because I also like to be controlling and <laughs> I don't like letting go of things. So building a team is hard for me. It's becoming easier. <laughs> so 
we've talked about things that you did decide to invest in, but can you talk me through um, kind of the evaluation process of something that you went through that you decided not to invest in? Hmm, that is a good question. Um, I kind of went on this spree of investing in a lot very quickly. Um, there were several programs or educational opportunities that I felt like, ooh, I could do this guru marketers program or I could do that guru marketers program. Um, you know, I'm in all the funnels. <laughs> I <laughs> see them all. And I also don't tend to get shiny object syndrome. So, you know, I really had to put the hat on of this program or educational opportunity is likely not going to fix my business. And um, over the last like six months or so, I have started to realize like we're, we're starting to get traction in what we're building. And I'm consciously not investing in coaching or education anymore. I think I've started to realize like, oh, you know what you need to know you can get off of the coaching education train for now because you need consultants and people who are in your business that are on your team that are seeing it alongside you and can make strategic decisions based on the data that's within our company. Mm, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So how do you think your perspective or your position on deciding what's quote unquote, worth it to invest in has changed over the last few years, if it has, you know, throughout this evolution of you decided to make some big investments in your business, a few years down the road here, how has how has your perspective on the like investing in your business changed? I don't know. Sometimes I question like, would I have done this differently? If I was doing it all over again? Um, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, I like very poorly and stupidly <laughs> um, did this um, because, you know, the business is still in quite a bit of debt. Like I've been very, very upfront and honest with my team, with my family. I'm an open book. And so, you know, that was actually, I think because the business started as this solo thing that I was growing, um, my own like personal sense of worthiness. It was like, oh, th this is all failing. And because the business is failing, quote unquote, I must be a failure too. And so, you know, I had to wrestle with a lot of those feelings um, and that ability to like go, yep, I'm gonna take a risk. I'm gonna bet on myself. I'm gonna go all in. Um, and I feel like a lot of what has happened is I've come full circle going, I was going out there seeking education and like the like Band-Aid fix so that I could then scale up. Mm -hmm. But really where I was three or four years ago with my business is what a strategist in the last four months has directed us back to and has given me <laughs> the like exact like blueprint of this is what you're building and this is how you're going to do it and 
I mean, essentially nothing new <laughs> got created in the process. Um, so it's been kind of that light bulb aha moment of, yeah, I think I had to learn all those lessons along the way over the last three or four years. Um, but like I said a few minutes ago, I think if I had just gotten some really solid strategy <laughs> in my business and a consultant that laid it out all on the table with me and kind of showed me that clear path forward, um, it may have happened in a different way if that person had come in to the business earlier. Uh, so moving forward, I likely will not be investing in a lot of um, like one-off coaches or educational programs. I'm going to be staying focused on who's on your team, how can get we get really lean with who's on the team, and also putting small little uh, pockets of marketing money. We're still investing in the Facebook ad engine. <laughs> um, but it is more about, huh, I need to get out of my own way and allow other people into the business to help it grow. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about that. So there's this kind of, um, do you hire to grow or do you grow to hire kind of dynamic that um, I think is kind of an interesting question. How did you approach answering that? How are, how are you approaching answering that? Are you, did you hire to grow or did you grow to the point where you had to hire and you had no other choice? Oh, I've done it all. <laughs> <laughs> so um, last year, I was really in the mindset of, okay, you're going to get out of your own way. You're going to hire to grow. Um, and so I hired a Facebook ad strategist who also was a marketing expert. And I hired two VAs and I still had our community director and I think that was it. We had built our team up to about six or seven. The strategist came on as well. And um, again, me, no execution skills, does not like looking at spreadsheets. <laughs> um, I'm good at looking at the bank account and going, oh, okay, you need money. <laughs> um, how are you gonna make some money this month? And, you know, I would get the advice, like I was okay with hiring to grow. I really, like, loved the people and the community we were cultivating and they all got it. Like, we would get into a team meeting and it would be great. We'd have a really productive conversation and um, I pride myself on somebody that does love to build relationships and build community and can delegate. So that was all feeling really well and good, but the money wasn't coming in fast enough. And I would have business experts who would be like, okay, well, like, what's the, you know, you got to cut someone, look at your numbers. <laughs> who do you need to cut based on numbers? And I'm like, I don't know. Everybody's kind of helping with all the things. Like, actually, like, dividing out whose time is going where, like, felt very, like, ugh. Like, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a people relationship person. I don't want to just, I, I, like, letting somebody go is probably the hardest and best thing I've had to do <laughs> in yep. the last several months because I realized like, okay, I hired to grow and then the growth didn't happen fast enough and something had to change. 
And for as scary as I made it in my brain, like, oh, who am I going to let go? Who am I affecting? Um, we did. And so now I've let go of one of our contractors. I've cut back someone else's hours. And we've kind of flipped our um, how we were selling on its head as well. We're going to be selling kind of our higher ticket um, offer instead of our lower ticket offers. And now I can see like, okay, now you're going to let this slowly grow <laughs> for several months with the team that you have and wait to hire again until it's absolutely necessary. Um, but I don't think I would have known that without taking the risk to hire mm -hmm. a bunch of people and really test my chops of being a CEO and being a leader. Mm. So we've talked about a lot of stuff today. <laughs> Is there yeah, anything you think we should talk about that we haven't touched on yet? Um, I mean, not really. I think, you know, the biggest takeaway for me has been really leaning into my like ability to take on risk and realizing like, yeah, you took a risk. It didn't pay out off right away. You didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> you figured it out and you still truly believe that this is something that is going to scale. And that just because, you know, we don't have that like overnight success story right now doesn't mean that there's not going to be the like, oh, you did it and you figured it out down the road. I've just taken a very winding path <laughs> to figure figure it all out along the way. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the the nature of having a business because even if somebody is like, hey, here's this giant blinking red sign in front of you, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. There's some part of us that all is like, well, but maybe if I do it, it'll be fine. Yes. <laughs> and so I, I think I, there's I, like, you kind of, some of the some of the things you have to learn painfully because you don't learn them otherwise. Totally. And that's, you know, I've had those investments that I was like, oh, yep, follow that red blinky sign. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nope, should have <laughs> trusted myself in the beginning. But right, like I have a almost 10 year old daughter who it's like parenting, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, she needs to learn this lesson on her own. We can see the blinky signs for our kids, right? Like, no, nope, yes. don't do that. <laughs> don't do don't that. Do That's that. going to be bad. That's going to be bad. hurt. <laughs> yep. And they do it anyways, but they have to learn the lesson. And a big, you know, one of my big values as a parent, as a business owner is resilience. And so I feel like the universe has just gone, okay, you're going to learn resilience in a really big way <laughs> right now. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think there's there's also a natural evolution in your business of there are periods of investment and then there are periods where it doesn't make sense. You need to put your head down and work on the stuff that you invested in and give it time to pay off. And so I think your kind of journey of big investment, take a break, you know, maybe you have other big investments down the line the next time that you want to you know, take a big jump in your business, but that there are periods where it's totally okay, where you're not investing in anything and you're just heads down doing the thing that you're supposed to do. I totally. think that's how it's supposed to work. Totally. Awesome. So thank you so much for being here. Where can our listeners find you if they want to connect or learn more about what you do? 
Totally. So uh, we are Momtography. Our website is momtography.club. So any, if any of your listeners uh, want to learn photography or if they have kids and teens that want to learn photography, we've kind of transitioned into also teaching uh, kids and teens thanks to COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's where we are. It's a lot of fun what we do. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. This was great. Thanks. The decision of what to invest in is ultimately pretty personal. That decision is based on your own process, your own goals for your business, and just generally how you view making investments in your business. While that process and decision might be very personal, there are a few things that you should pay attention to when you're considering a potential new investment. Questions like the money, do you have it to spend? What's the time or amount of resources required for this? Do you have that? Will this investment accomplish the goal you're seeking? How long will it take to see the payoff? And what other opportunities will you be unable to invest in if you choose this investment? And really, it's all to try and answer the real question, will it be worth it? Once you've made a decision to invest and you're getting ready to start, the next step is to get yourself set up to be able to measure and evaluate your investment so that later on you can decide whether or not it paid off. And that's what we'll talk about next week. What data points should you measure? And how do you evaluate your investment to see, was it worth it? So hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player so you don't miss it. Break the Ceiling is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode is edited by Marty Seafeld with production assistance by Kristen Rundvik.